Chapter Eighteen of Living with Our Children by Clara D. Pearson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Making Our Own Bodies. Do you remember an incident given in Mrs. Robinson's fine biography of Roosevelt, describing how his father said to the eleven-year-old boy, Theodore, you have the mind, but you have not the body, and without the help of the body, the mind cannot go as far as it should you must make your body it is hard drudgery to make one's body but i know you will do it and the little boy threw back his head and with a flash of his teeth said i'll make my body how he succeeded all americans know although they seldom think how much the nation owes to the discernment and wise counsel of the father who inspired him to undertake and persist in the training which changed a weakling into a man of wonderful energy and endurance some of us whose babies are weakly or whose children are accidentally injured need to cultivate a certain spartan quality in ourselves and in them in the nineteenth century most weaklings were pampered and special concessions were made to the comfort of those handicapped by deafness blindness or deformity no other course was considered fitting and under the kindly ministrations and unquestioning sacrifices of those most interested the weaklings grew weaker and the deaf blind and deformed more helpless and exacting intelligent people of this day know better and frequently do better under the guidance of good physicians they recognize the fact that these children will eventually have to take their chances in a world of more normal people too busy to make concessions and that they must be fitted for it that they must learn to accept and rise above what conditions are irremediable to each fasten his cross on cannily as it were wings and go forward with it undaunted many such a handicapped child of to-day will outdistance in life's race those who have a fairly good start and squander their heritage of strength he will be so spurred on by the necessity of his case that he will do his utmost while another reckoning no necessity will grow up with no thought of personal responsibility in the matter of his physique retiring as late as he is permitted to and eating whatever he desires until his later school years he comes under the jurisdiction of some physical director and discovers that his deficiencies debar him from coveted privileges then stung by his failure to make an athletic team he may change his ways and modify to some extent a condition which might have been prevented lucky will his parents be if they do not come in for some undiscriminating youthful reproaches now one does not have to be a doctor or a trained nurse to stimulate in a child a pride in health and endurance quite as real as the universal pride in personal appearance indeed this latter pride may contribute to the former for is not health the only sure foundation for good carriage and good complexion in these days any parent who cares enough about it 
to write an occasional postcard to federal or state headquarters, to remit an occasional dime or nickel to some of the many magazines engaged in child welfare work, or to seek out one of the more and more numerous public health nurses, can soon be fully informed as to the requirements for building up good general health and resistance to disease. He will then be in the same position as those parishioners of a certain old Scotch minister who were dumbfounded when he preached the same sermon for two consecutive Sundays and remonstrated when he added a third. He heard the committee through quite respectively, took a deliberate pinch of snuff, and then, with his eyes twinkling beneath his shaggy brows, said, Weel, and have ye leaved it yet? Long, long before the child reaches school age, much can be done to arouse his interest and stimulate his desire for a healthful regimen. Notice some of the little ways in which this can be done. Set apart some inconspicuous door casing in the house for a continuous record of his height, and make somewhat of an event of the marking it up three or four times a year on certain dates one of which should be his birthday. When his stature can be compared with that of a year previous, and the gain discussed always in connection with his weight, carriage, and general condition. Note the weight on the casing beside the dated record of his height. If there are several children in the household, a wholesome rivalry is sure to develop, all of which tends to stimulate interest the measurements might better always be made rather early in the forenoon as some lessening or settling results from the day's activities an outspoken and evident desire on the part of the parents to keep themselves fit and backing up precept with practice is valuable in more ways than one a casual remark now and then usually accomplishes more than is evident at the moment. My own weight is not right of late. I must try to remedy that. I like that new boy who was here yesterday. He looks as though he had a healthy mind in a healthy body. Mrs. Blank seems to be a very good mother. I notice that she is careful to provide the right sort of food so that her children can keep their bodies built up and developing properly. Note, please, that it is always to be assumed that health-building is the child's privilege and duty. It is not a favor to the parents, as is too often taken for granted. Children are fortunate when their parents are willing to cooperate in such ways. What a pretty girl Lucille is! I hope that she will take care of her health and grow even prettier. Too many girls lose their beauty by carelessness. Even before our children are old enough for consciously undertaking systematic health-building, body-making, they should be taught the location and function of the vital organs and various little facts concerning the senses. They should be accustomed to pointing out the location of a pain or discomfort with one finger, instead, for instance, of indicating a belly ache, with a large and vague gesture of the whole hand. 
And then there are the possibilities of amateur physiology lessons during the children's hour with one or two at a time in the class lying on the floor while a teacher who pretends to be very stern illustrates as he goes along this is your head or cranium it contains your brains and they are what do your thinking for you these are your eyes you see with them they are guarded by your eyelids and these have fringes of eyelashes which shade them and help to keep things out of your eyes they are also protected by your eyebrows which grow above them and prevent the perspiration from running down into them from your forehead in warm weather this is your nose tweaking it it is to smell with you should always follow it around and keep it out of other people's business this is your mouth it should be used for eating drinking singing and whistling and also for speaking true and kind things it should never speak crossly it is very important because all the food which is to change your little body into a fine grown-up one has to go through it and without food and drink of the right kind you could never have a really fine body these are your ears you hear with them and if you ever find yourself in a place where you hear the wrong sorts of things remember that you have legs which should take you away at once there are ridges and hollows in your ears which are hard to keep clean but they are very important for they help the sounds to find their way to the inner ear where you hear them this is your breastbone or sternum most of your ribs have their front ends fastened to it etc etc these are your ribs lie still what makes you wriggle so when i am giving you a lesson these are your ribs i say there you go wriggling again laughing too tickling you what was that why do you not attend to your lesson and keep your faces sober as children should in school you can see what a frolic this may be and how the children would enter into it beginning with only a few facts it is easy to add one or two at each lesson until they have without the least effort on their part absorbed considerable rudimentary information along the lines of anatomy and physiology together with various reminders as to deportment perhaps the giving of the synonyms used by physicians sternum scapula etc seem absurd of course it is not in the least imperative but children enjoy an occasional big word and as they grow older familiarity with these terms will make easily comprehensible many health articles which are constantly appearing in daily papers and in state and government bulletins so if we happen to understand them ourselves why not use them as in so many of our modest educational ventures there is a possibility of profit and no danger whatever of loss so why not one is often prompted to wonder if that part of our education which is unconsciously absorbed in conversation or play or from observation may not be the most important part it is certainly the part which we are most apt to retain and which most determines our character and daily living 
Therefore it behooves us to begin early inciting our children to make their bodies. End of chapter 18